This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The home of the Red Sox. 93.7 WEIFM and HD1. Lawrence, Boston. Brought to you by DuckDuckGo. Search and browse more privately. Download the free DuckDuckGo app today. We're always live on the free Odyssey app. Number three, Jones and Mego with Arcan here on WEEI. We'll be taking your phone calls, 617-779-7937. A lot going on today. Busy Monday. I thought I missed all the news around here. I thought that's how it worked. I thought I'd take a couple days off and I miss all the news. That's not how it works. Bruins thought you were still off. Bruins thought I was still off. That must be it. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with what we're talking about here, and we've been breaking it down for the last hour plus, when it was hot off the presses, Taylor Hall has been dealt from the Boston Bruins, along with the rights to Nick Felino, He's a UFA. Uh, to the Chicago Blackhawks for two RFA prospects who I've never heard of and probably aren't going to make a difference. It's, it's a salary dump. We think we're surmising to add someone like Tyler Bertuzzi or bring back someone like Tyler Bertuzzi. Maybe Dmitry Orlov. Maybe they're thinking bigger and maybe they're not done. Do you think they should be done? Is this enough? Would Bertuzzi in... Taylor Hall out be enough for the Bruins. You can weigh in again, 617-779-7937. We were talking to Bridget uh, in for Zeke today, running the Twitch chat. And she mentioned, uh, you know, the idea that they probably feel pretty good about Bertuzzi being lined up and coming back, which I would agree with. You don't, you don't trade Taylor Hall unless you have a real strong indication. And I know teams don't tamper. But I'm sure they basically have a handshake agreement, a borderline done deal with Bertuzzi or someone else to be coming back or else you don't make the Taylor Hall trade. You don't you don't make the Hall trade going, oh, let's find some cap space magically and try to start negotiating. You negotiate and get down the line and figure it out like the Celtics did with Porzingis. And then you say, okay, well, now, now that we're at the, the finish line and we're about to make a move, here's how we free up space. And the Bruins have to do that separately. The Celtics could roll it all into one. But the Celtics had multiple deals ready to go. Oh, Brogdon failed his physical. Boom. Smart to the Grizzlies. And the Bruins may have more up their sleeve now. And I, I hope they do have more up their sleeve. But Bertuzzi's a really, really good start to this offseason, I right. think. It looks like for the Bruins it was. We know that we want Bertuzzi back. Feels like we can make it happen. So what do we have to do financially? And this is the financial move that they made, which I like. I'm in favor of. Arkan hates it. I do hate it. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of trading uh, Taylor Hall. I wanted them to hold on to him, and I'm not really as in love with Bertuzzi as you guys are. I think that he's a good player. Uh, I would like to keep him, too, if there's a possible way to do that. I think they should have worked for ways to try and keep both of them because I think there's going to be much more of a talent drain than maybe we're ready for here, and I think we're going to miss Taylor Hall. Uh, so I disagree with you on that, and you guys can weigh in, but uh, did the Bruins just make another trade? Yeah, there's another minor trade here. Uh, Riley Walsh. A defenseman from the Devils has been traded to Boston for Shane Bowers, who was a throwing on the Kincaid deal. Stop it. Okay, yeah. don't 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 even <laughs> don't even bother us with stuff like that. Okay, so a minor trade with nobody I've heard of. It's a defenseman coming in. Yes. Okay. Was he he was in the NHL or he was a prospect? Uh, Riley Walsh was in the NHL. 
Okay. So a depth defenseman, it sounds like? Or no, AHL. Mostly AHL. Okay, so uh, organizational depth. So that's a nothing trade that the Bruins made. Okay, good to know. Fine, whatever. Push that one to the side. Taylor Hall's out. And I do think there is a a tie-in to what the Celtics are doing. Both teams are saying, we need to make some changes. We need to make some changes. So to me, that's the right move for the Bruins. You're going to love this. What? New kid in, the defenseman. Yes. Born in Framingham. Oh, they went for another that's, that's why Sweeney likes him. They okay. went for another local kid. <laughs> there we go. Local guys. Okay. I mean, as long as they can play, I don't mind a, a, a local player. Oh, come felt, on. It felt Lean a, into it. It felt for a while they will dad. Well, this guy. This Take kid us sound- back to the dark side, Jones. You hate it. Kid sounds like he can't. No, I just, I, you know, whatever. So they did some minor deal for a kid from Framingham. Don't care. Uh, when it comes to Taylor Hall, I do like that move. And it's extracting a guy who was talented but not a winning player. And you're adding Bertuzzi, who did have some defensive issues. I agree with what's being said in the Twitch chat right now. He was on ice for a lot of goals against in that Florida it's series. A minus four in that series. Hall okay. was a plus four. Okay. Uh, I also think uh, Bertuzzi was playing with, uh, and maybe this is uh, you know not necessarily a, a credit to him, but wasn't he playing with Bergeron and Marchand? Wasn't he playing in your top six? So, like, he was probably going against Kachuk, and he was going against Florida's good players, unlike Taylor Hall. who Yeah, was, but he made some boneheaded decisions. He did. He absolutely did. But he also brought in 10 points for you and five goals. And so it's like, I'm I just Just think, saying, let's not pretend like he's such an upgrade over Taylor Hall. I'd just rather have him. I, I'm happy that they're paying him and not Taylor Hall. If you're going to pay Bertuzzi seven or whatever he wants versus Hall getting six, I like that move. I like that math. Taylor Hall was fattening up, and he really did it in, like, one game against Florida's depth players. That tells you all you need to know about Taylor Hall. He's a third-line player these days. The former number one overall pick, making $6 million a year as a third-line player. That's the definition of an extra piece, an extraneous piece that you don't need. So we can get into your thoughts on this. We'll be doing it all day on Jones and Mega with Arkham. But I did want to circle back to what I now think is the key question with the Celtics. Smart's gone. I'm happy about it. If you missed any of that in the first hour, go back and check it out on the Odyssey app. Or last week. Or last week. Check out what uh, you know Mego and Arkham had to say about it last week on the Odyssey app. But... When it comes to uh, the Celtics and what they're going to pay, like I started saying this at the trade deadline last year. We've been talking about it a lot. Are they going to offer Jalen Brown the Supermax? Or is ownership going to allow for it? I'm worried ownership's not going to allow for it. And I'm worried ownership isn't going to spend. And are they going to spend on both Porzingis and Jalen Brown? They should. Here's what Brad Stevens told Chris Forsberg in a one-on-one at NBC Sports Boston about the new CBA and how relevant it was in this trade. It definitely is factoring into every decision that we make. This is not watch film and all sit in a room and figure out what you want to do. This is put your version of Excel spreadsheets on the four screens in the room and figure out what you want to do and how you can manage it all the way through an extended period of time. And obviously, you know, what you do now, you can you you can change over time but it's but you also have to just be cognizant of you know once you get to that second apron right there are going to be tools that are taken away especially in in future years um you know we're really lucky to work in a place where um you know ownership is willing to spend um and to do what it takes and um and we're you know we're doing it again and but at the end of the day we also have to be cognizant of not taking away too many tools right. now as a result of the new CBA. Okay, and Mego, I know you've you've made that argument before too. I I don't think it's all that I really don't think it's that restrictive. It's like you you might lose some draft picks which the Celtics don't really have any first round picks anyway. They have a million second round picks. They just added one in the smart trade, but the first one they added they just turned into a bunch of second round picks. It's going to be a late first round pick. Who cares? 
So what? You've got to drop down some draft spots. You can't sign a mid-level player. I really don't think those are all it, that. It also makes it the only one that really jumps out to me really quick. Yep. Is the you can't trade with cash anymore. It's got to be true. like a perfect trade, and for the you way that ma- they you have like to match to, salary, the way that they like to tweak teams mid-season, that's the one that I think probably yeah. bothers them the most because so half the time they don't even use these mid-level corrections. So it's an added hurdle, but it doesn't make it impossible to change your team. And talk to the Phoenix Suns, like the Phoenix Suns. Just well, they ma- haven't had to deal with it before. No, they haven't had to deal with it, but they're not afraid of it. They're not afraid of it. So why are the Celtics afraid of it? That's that's what I would. Suns are also kind of crazy. Okay, but I, <laughs> I mean, but, I, but I like what they're doing. Their owner tried to pick a fight with the star. Of okay, the and, like, and that and that kind of crazy okay, over there, Jones. That, that was crazy, and it's I called I called it that at the time. I didn't like that from him. He should have been kicked out of his own arena. Put him up. But when it Although comes to Mike how, did go into the locker room with fighting words. I just I. I like that they're not afraid of it. They're like, whatever, who cares? We lose some draft picks or we, we can't sign a mid-level player and we got a match salary? Great, we'll figure it out. The Celtics are terrified of it. I don't think that's what it is. I think the owner is... You think Brad's making excuses about, oh, this is going to hurt the basketball I think side they're I think they're leaning into the basketball argument they're because... They're saying you really want to auction everything off for these next two You can't years. say our owner doesn't want to spend. So I think they're leaning into that. When in reality, Phoenix isn't afraid of it, so why are you? That'd be my question to it. And so are they going to pay both? Should they pay both? Jalen Brown and Porzingis? Yes, and I think they will. I think they will. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen after Jalen Brown has the Supermax for a year and then Tatum gets the Supermax. I think that's where it's going to get really dramatic, really interesting. Hopefully we can be there together, Jones and Arkan yeah. and Ryan, because that I think that is going to get spicy. Because that's when you're going to get into this crazy, you're getting penalized with your draft picks, getting sent down to the bottom, you're getting penalized with all the this other like mid-level exceptions and blah, 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 blah. And also your taxes are going to be crazy. And if you haven't won at that point, that's... That's I don't know how you argue of keeping these two together in terms of Jalen and Jason, but in the immediate future, yes, I think they're gonna when Jalen Brown gets the supermax, which I think they're gonna give them at this point, they're gonna pay Porzingis too. So should they pay both, Arkan? Mm, I'm all set with Jalen Brown. Like I don't like this. I don't want him on the team anymore. But if you're gonna, if this is what you're committing to, then yes, you have to pay everybody. So. Wait. You don't want Jalen Brown on the team anymore, but you're willing to give him the Supermax? If this is what they're committing to, then you can't not give him the Supermax, I guess. I mean, well, I, what, if it was up to me, I'd trade him. What would you him. want them to do? Trade him. Okay. Trade Jalen Brown. But if you're keeping him around, if you're not trading him, then you have to give him the Supermax. So they should pay all three. And I'm not saying you rush out and pay Porzingis right away. I, the same reason you don't remove the interim tag from Missoula, let's see Porzingis before we just hand him a giant contract. But they should be planning to pay all three. It shouldn't be hey, we're choosing to pay Porzingis so we can move Jalen Brown. Or, hey, we're going to pay Porzingis and we're going to justify to Jalen Brown we're not giving him the Supermax now because we've got to pay all three oh, guys. Oh, you're saying they shouldn't Trevor Story Xander Bogarts Bingo. Okay. Bingo. And so is Porzingis... Ooh, cross sports. You know what? <laughs> what, a, what a wonderful analogy, Mega. Deal with it, Ryan. That's a great, that's a Thanks. great analogy. Thanks, Jones. It's so nice to have you back from the morning. What a tremendous analogy. He is the Trevor Story... To Jalen Brown, Xander Bogarts. That Even should though not, they don't play the same position. That at all. should not be what's happening. It should not. Say. That should not be what's happening. They shouldn't Stand be going. They shouldn't be going for the cheaper version of the better player. The, the plan should be we're getting Porzingis because this is a trio, and not Porzingis might be shoving Jalen Brown out the door. Right? We all agree with that. Yes. Okay. Good. That's what they should do. What are they actually up to? Might be a different story.
617-779-7937. Uh, we can add your Celtics discussion there uh, with all your thoughts. We can get to more on the Bruins as well. Are they done? Should they be done? Is Allmark the next Bruin to go? And we can mix in some more Patriots thoughts after trending with Arkin. It's Jones and Mego with Arkin. Arkin, it's so good to hear from you. Why don't you just talk about Arkin, Arkin, why don't you talk about I don't know. I zoned out after he said that nice thing about me. I didn't listen to the rest of it. It's so good to hear That's right. On WEI. It feels to me as if the ironclad control that Bill Belichick has had over this team for so long is, is a little bit slipping. Um, between even last year with Jack Jones and Jake Bailey both having to be suspended because of differences over how they were supposed to practice, things they were supposed to do, um, with Trent Brown showing up in a state that didn't allow him to even participate and showing up late at that, with Lawrence Guy holding out with this situation now, it feels as if, wouldn't say that they're not taking Bill as seriously, but maybe that they're not taking Bill as seriously. They're just not, I think maybe you're more afraid of losing your job or position on a team that's better and can do without you and still win than maybe if you think your team, hey, what are they going to do, fire me? They need me. Tommy Curran on the Patriots Talk podcast over the weekend along with Phil Perry. Uh, That's what he had to say about Bill Belichick and his grip on the team, which is interesting because he's got an accompanying column up now at NBC Sports Boston. Headline, is Bill Belichick facing a now-or-never season with the Patriots? It's now fair to wonder how strong of a grip Bill Belichick has on his team. And he goes through details a lot of what you heard there. Jack Jones, Trent Brown, Maybe DeAndre Hopkins. He lumps in Mac Jones on the field last year, which I found interesting. So what's Lawrence Bill's guy? What's uh, right? The Lawrence guy holdout. What's Bill's grip on the job? And Tom Curran's told us something similar. We'll ask him about it on Thursday when he joins us here on Jones and Mega with Arcan on WEEI each and every week at three thirty. Like we'll ask him again, but but he's made that clear to us in the past, Mego. Bill is on some level coaching for his job, and it's not as he writes in his column heresy to suggest to suggest that he's doing that this year he needs a bounce back year if he doesn't get it Robert Kraft will not let him death march to the Don Shula record Kraft is 82 Kraft wants a championship Kraft at least wants to be back in the playoffs and winning playoff games he's impatient on that level and Tom Curran doesn't think he has forever meaning Bill to just win six or seven games and get that Shula record and I, I think that's an interesting backdrop to everything that's going on with Trent Brown, Lawrence Guy, even Mac, and yes, the Jack Jones stuff from last week. I mean, does that help explain why Jack Jones is still here? Because Bill's worried about his job security, and he can't afford downgrading at corner. He can't afford to do it, so he's cutting corners, just like how he drafted Jack Jones in the first place. Or he cut some corners. Not. Well, good point. Not, not cutting a, a cornerback. Yes, that's true. Hey. That is not what he's nice. doing. Touche. Touche. Wordplay. Word <laughs> Don't get that in the mornings. So I think all of that's interesting, and I think it all ties together. And I do think it's an indication of Bill not feeling great about his job security, so he's all in on talent this year, which is why they're dabbling on Hopkins and maybe Dalvin Cook, and he's standing by Trent Brown. And... Lawrence guy and everybody else and all of those I was on board with all the on-field talent ones I'm like fine hold your nose Trent Brown isn't practicing whatever Jack Jones to me does get into a separate area of discussion and that might not just be Bill's call that might be Robert's call 
But I wonder if it all goes back to the same thing. Bill's feeling it, so he wants all hands on deck because he needs it. All hands on deck. The other question here is how quickly can he get this team's buy-in? How much of it did he lose last year, and how quickly can he regain it? It's clearly not going to be enough just to bring in uh, Bill O'Brien on offense. And now, oh, okay, now everybody's excited on the offensive side of the ball. It's not going to be enough to send some guys out like Damian Harris and, you know, maybe guys who weren't all in the way that that you would want them to be on the offensive side of the ball last year with the bad coaching situation that they had there. But I, I just what, – what makes me worried if I'm somebody who wants Bill Belichick here for a couple more years is the way that you start out the season. Because oh, those first four games are no joke. Buy-in goes out the window if you're starting out losing, 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 losing. And I thought that this part from Curran's piece was really interesting. Just to illustrate this, he said, here are the current Patriots who have won playoff games in New England. Andrews, Trent Brown, Joe Cardona, Matthew Slater, Lawrence Guy, Jonathan Jones, Dietrich Wise, James Ference. The vast majority of the team has never played for omnipotent Bill. Omnipotent. So how, Omnipotent. How many, how many is that? <laughs> Seven or eight? Seven or eight guys? Omnipotent. <laughs> you like that? I did. Wordplay. Uh, seven, or, seven or eight guys have won a playoff game under Bill that are on the roster? How many names is that? One more time. One, Andrews, two, Brown. Eight. Eight, eight guys. If that's you're it. including wow. Ference. So that's that that does tell you where Bill is at with this group, and it tells you why Bill wanted to keep somebody like Matt Slater this offseason because it's a Bill guy who understands how Bill wants things done. Yeah, and it also tells you why they're not immediately cutting Jack Jones. I mean, I think that when you look at someone like Kendrick Bourne still being on the team, that's a guy they paid real money to. That's a guy who badmouthed the coaching staff and really sort of, you know, flaunted everything, and they put him in the doghouse, but they didn't cut him, you know, and they maybe they should have because the way that they used him was ridiculous, but he's a guy that they sort of needed to go out there and produce a little bit, and he eventually got back on the field. I would even contend that what Kendrick Bourne did and said is a bigger crime in the eyes of Bill Belichick than what Jack Jones did. I honestly think that that may even be true. You you went against me. You said something like this. What Jack Jones did was very stupid. And we'll find out as the legal process plays out. Right. You know how just how stupid a, it really was. What's a bigger problem for Bill? But what does Bill take more serious? And what does he think is worse? More of an affront to him and the team is what someone like Bourne did, or even Macklash. That's here. what I was just going to say. Yeah, Mac Mac and Bourne. And I would I would if this is how Bill views it, I would disagree. It's like no, I think Jack Jones is a bigger problem than Mac. Or uh, born, but Bill Bill might think that's a bigger problem for his football team. He's like, look, the legal process is going to play out with this guy. Either we can play him or we can't. He's going to be suspended by the league or he's not. Right. The the law is going to figure that one out. For my locker room, Born and Mac might be the bigger problem. Getting them in line might be the bigger problem. I, I don't disagree. I don't know that, but I don't disagree that Bill could view it that way. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. You can jump in on Jones and Mega with Arcan here on WEEI. That's the uh, latest on Bill Belichick. Uh, Curran again writing that at NBC Sports Boston, which I find interesting. I wouldn't necessarily call it new, but it is interesting. Along with well, Taylor Hall getting traded by the Bruins today for cap space. What do they have up their sleeve? What else should they be up to? And also more fallout from the Marcus Smart trade last week. I missed it, so I'm weighing in for the first time. Mega and Arcan covered it very thoroughly last week. But I do think it's interesting to see if the Celtics are going to pay everybody. Are they planning to pay Jalen Brown and Kristaps Porzingis? They should be. Uh, Mark is in North Andover. Go ahead, Mark. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, I'm ready to blow your mind, Joe. Um, who is Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown loving this league? 
They love Kyrie Irving. They so, do. That's let's, true. Let's, so let's trade Tatum to Dallas for Luka. Get the next Larry Bird over here. Surround him with shooters. There you go. Next championship. Okay. So I uh, I don't know that they want to be trading uh, Jason Tatum. I, I would listen for uh, I would listen to Luka on uh, Jalen Brown. I've said that before. That one I would do. I don't think Dallas is doing that. Uh, but that's the kind of trade I would make. Look, I I wouldn't rule out that Tatum someday to answer his his the core of his point someday wants to play with somebody like Kyrie again. I wouldn't rule that out. Jalen may want to play with Kyrie again. So I wouldn't rule any of that out, but I don't think the Celtics are taking it there. They should want to pay both, though. They should absolutely want to pay both, meaning Porzingis and Jalen, putting the, the Luka-Kyrie nonsense to the side. They should want to pay both. My fear is, and Mego, you had just a wonderful, spot-on, perfect analogy, <laughs> Trevor Story and Xander Bogarts. Is that what they're doing with Porzingis? Why, 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 Ryan, why are you laughing? Why are you laughing at that? that was, he's, yeah. he's, he's trying to emulate the things of the, uh, from the morning show that you No, I think that so this annoyed. is genuine. That was, a, that, was a genu- that was genuine. That was completely oh, you're genuine. you're right. It felt genuine. I like that analogy. Of course it did. And so Porzingis has been a one or a two before. Not that his teams have won anything. Arkans made this point. But he's been a one or a two before. So are the Celtics bringing him in because they're like, yeah, for a year he'll be the number three, but eventually we're going to move on from Jalen or this buys us a year and then we got to make a decision on which one we want to go forward with because we're not going to pay all three. They may they may pay all three right now, like for a year they might. They should be okay doing that for years, plural, going forward. And my fear is they won't. And it'll come to a head where Brad said it in that one clip we played you earlier this hour with Forsberg. Well, things can always change. And I thought that was pretty clear, meaning like we might get a year into this and we might say we want Porzingis with Tatum. We like that pairing. And we might flip Jalen Brown or we might flip Porzingis after a year. Like, who knows? But I think they're going to see this through for a year. If this is the the thing you're doing going forward, they should be committed to it long term. And my fear is that they're not. They're just doing it for a year. They're going to figure it out. And then they're going to be scared off by the stupid second apron, which teams like Phoenix aren't afraid of. And for some reason you are. Because Phoenix is crazy. Uh like right now, yeah, I like the idea of them committing to this three-player core okay, just, for a couple years. Just real years. quick on on your you're saying Phoenix is crazy because they they might be. Yeah, is Golden State crazy? No, because they won pretty much right okay. away. Because they're trying to bring back Draymond, right? The latest reporting now, I, when he left, I'm like, wow, they're really making changes. They're going to pay Draymond. It sounds like they're willing to pay him. So is Golden State crazy? I think that is a little crazy, actually. I think that they're delaying the inevitable. I mean, you're already seeing their GM leave. But that's that's two teams, two championship contenders that are not afraid of this like, stupid I don't apron. Think, I don't think they were crazy for... Yeah, the apron is a whole new thing. I wish it had a better name. It sounds, sounds it so sounds ridiculous. It sounds very lame, the yes. Apron. Sounds yes. Lame. But for a couple years, what Golden State was doing and paying the huge contracts that they were paying, I, I wouldn't call that crazy because they won so much. You guys haven't won yet, so it's kind of hard to... I know this is the game you have to play. Mm-hmm. It's just hard to put the money on the table when you haven't gotten hold of the trophy yet. I will say I'm going to want to see Porzingis on the court before I commit to by the time that Jason Tatum's Supermax deal comes due. You got to have all three. I just want to see if there's an opportunity this year and Porzingis is in a walking boot half the year, I'm probably going to look at that and say... <laughs> that this is not long-term so, sustainable. So I agree with that. I would not pay Porzingis today. So, but but the, pl- the plan should be to pay Porzingis going be, forward. It should be. You want you got to see how it fits before you commit to and it. And it's going to, you luckily have a couple years where it's going to get crazy, but it's not going to get so crazy that it's something that Wick and company have never done before. Because that that's what you're talking about when Tatum's 
Supermax comes down. Yes. Oh, in a couple of years, once Tatum's extension kicks in and Brown's extension kicks in and you're paying Porzingis 35, 36, 40 million. What was the report you forwarded today, Arkan, from Himmelsbach that basically his camp's already made it known he wants to get paid now? Yeah, that was uh, in part of Himmelsbach's notes today, and it does sort of seem like that as soon as the trade was completed, they were they were already starting the uh, the conversation, which I'm not at all surprised by. Would you uh, want them to pay him today? Uh, yeah. Why? Get it over with. Get it over with? What if, to uh, Mego's point, he's hurt half the year? If he's hurt half the year, he's hurt half the year. I think you're going to have to get something done before the season starts. Why? Because otherwise he'll leave. Not necessarily. I think you can he pay probably him. You would. Can, you can pay him more than anybody. You can pay him more on the open market than anybody. You could work out a, a, a sign a signing in season. Like I likened it to the Missoula thing earlier. To me, this is very similar to Missoula. Why'd you have to rush to remove the interim tag? What was the rush? Why am I rushing to pay Porzingis? I don't know how he fits. I don't know that he's healthy. Like, At least wh- Porzingis is coming off of a really good year for him. That's true. That's true. Like, Missoula was coming off of two months of fair. early NBA season basketball. But at least you saw Missoula Miz- with this team. Yeah. Like, you have no idea how Porzingis is going to fit on this team. I'm guessing it's going to be good. I want them to pay him long term. I don't know why I'm arguing against my own player. Yeah, right. right exactly. So, what are you doing yeah, over there? You, you do it. Don't, yeah, you go to Arkan. Don't trip over yourself to pay him. I wouldn't trip over myself to pay him right now unless it's some steal or heist of a deal. And I think Mego makes a great point in saying that Phoenix is crazy because... Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. It no, was, it, it was a good point. Think about it like this. If Kristaps Porzingis does not work out for this team for whatever reason, at least you have the out after this year. Phoenix looked at their salary cap and said, you know what, we are going to pay Kevin Durant, Bradley Beal, and Devin Booker for the next three to four years. I mean, Bradley Beal is locked up for $46 million, $50 million, $53 million, then he has a player option. So at least the Celtics have afforded themselves some flexibility to figure out if this new big three is going to work for them. Phoenix does not have that option. They have to win. In retrospect, should the Celtics have been in on Beal instead of Porzingis? No. No. Arkin? I'd like, rather I Porzingis like Porz- than Beal. Yeah, I like Porzingis better as as a fit for I like this the fr- team. I like helping they the front court need, yeah, more than getting Yeah, they need the front court help. Exactly, Arkan. You're so right, Arkan. Mm. Thanks, Mega. I like a guy who can play in a two-man game with Tatum, which I think Beal could do. But anyway, that just crossed my mind. Maybe that's already been discussed. Go ahead. What were you going to say? Um, uh, now I just lost my train of thought. Was, After all that nice stuff Mega just he said. He was just shining in the light out. of my approval. Um, it was about, I forget. I don't know. No, it was about, <laughs> no, we were talking about paying Porzingis. Yes, paying Porzingis. Yes, yes, yes. Because you don't have to pay him super max money. You'll have that contract on the books, and it'll be easier to maneuver around in case something happens with Brown or with Tatum, and they don't end up getting super max contracts. And that way, I think you actually have something that's a little bit more valuable. Yeah. So I, we're I, talking about fighting the inflation here. Yeah, I'm not going to kick. Sort of. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to kick and scream. Way to look at it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank I'm you. not going to kick and scream about ownership paying him. Like I'm not going to say ownership's cheap, and then ownership pays him, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa why are you paying him? I just, I don't, they don't, I'm not sitting here pounding the table for them to rush out and pay Porzingis. They're going to need to eventually pay him, but they don't need to do that today. I'm not calling for but that. But they have a plan B is the point that I keep coming back to. Where Phoenix, plan A, B, C, and D is these three guys. And I'm not saying, it's not a bad group to build around, but you better win. Right. Because, uh, you know, that Golden State was able to win. If Golden State didn't win, they'd be getting killed for, you know, extending Clay Thompson to the money he's making or extending Draymond Green to the money he ended up making. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, but... To your point, they did win. Uh, JP's in North Providence on the Taylor Hall trade. Go ahead, JP. So 
Jones, I'm glad you're back. I think I have the new uh, theme song for the afternoon show, Kumbaya, my lord. <laughs> what is going on? You left as Doc Vader. You came back as Bambi. Yes, Where yes, is yes. my jo- Did you go with Aaron Rodgers for a retreat? I did. Uh, Come uh, on, yeah, we, uh, Jones. Yes, we took some uh, psychedelics and, uh, and yeah, did you ever... Did you wipe yourself in the dark? Did you ever hear about uh, why they call it spelling? Because it's like putting a spell over you, man. Did you ever hear about that? But JP, go ahead on the Taylor Hall trade. Well, one thing about Bertuzzi, I know when he's on the ice. He may not be scoring. He's action-packed. He moves around. He creates havoc. We got beat by a team that had a chuck that creates havoc. Taylor Hall disappears now. He's on the ice. I don't even know if he's out there. And they try to push the accolades. Oh, Taylor made a nice pass. Oh, look at him on the puck. That You talk about that because you can't justify him. So they could take the money. I'm all for it if it kept Bertuzzi. Okay. Arkan, uh, so that that's how I feel about it. Uh, Bertuzzi overhaul. I know Mego agrees with this, the but power Ar- of words and manifestation. That's me now. Uh, Arkan, you uh, you take issue with that though, because you want them to keep Taylor Hall. You don't like yeah. they traded Taylor. I'd Hall. I'd like for them to keep Taylor Hall. The only thing I like more about Bertuzzi is that he's younger, and that's basically it. I think Taylor Hall's a better all around player, and uh, you can you think find he's a another guy all around player. Yes, like I do. better and in his own zone. Yeah, and I think you can find I, another guy like Bertuzzi who can uh, who can go dig in the corners. I just I'm not that I mean, impressed by that. Bertuzzi anymore. had some careless turnovers. I don't. I don't think Hall's a better defensive player or better in his own zone than 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 Bertuzzi. I don't think he's that much worse. You know, I think he gets. I think he gets uh, very little credit for any of that, and it's not something that I think is such a uh, drawback in his game. Okay, I mean, I I would agree to disagree on that. I I am not losing any sleep over losing Hall. I hope the Bruins do more. I hope it's all Mark next. Jake's in Boston. Go ahead, Jake. Uh, Bruins point is Celtics point, guys. Bruins point is on Taylor Hall. I like the deal. I get why you make the deal. You don't make the deal unless you're far down with Bertuzzi. And don't discount Mitchell as a depth asset here. Um, but if you're far down with Bertuzzi, this makes a lot of sense. And Bertuzzi is the score that Taylor Hall, you thought you were getting with Taylor Hall. Uh, the Bertuzzi of two years ago before the injury he suffered was. Celtics, and Jones, you ask if, if Tatum's a number one. I don't think he's a number one. But the thing we used to fear, which is Tatum with stars in his eyes thinking about L.A., doesn't exist. I've seen this guy around town multiple times since the season ended. He doesn't have to be here. He's got this Manny Ramirez sense of comfort here, which means he doesn't want to go and be the guy in a different city, whether it be by trade or free agency. He's going to stay here. He's comfortable here. You need to find the guy around him who enjoys and embraces the spotlight. I don't think that's Jalen Brown, and that's what you really have to figure out now that Marcus Smart is out the door. Is that Porzingis? Because Porzingis is one of these guys that came over here, international guy, doesn't seem intimidated by the situation. Maybe he's that guy that can take some of that spotlight pressure off. Maybe. But you need a spotlight guy. Yeah, maybe. And I I don't know that Tatum wouldn't want to leave if they keep knocking at the door and then they don't win a title. Like, he might be comfortable here. But if he's really starting to get flack, you know, we were talking about the, the PTI segment a couple of weeks ago where they both said, uh, Kornheiser and Wilbon, that Tatum has the most pressure on him in the NBA to win next. If you're going to hear about that for two straight years in Boston and you keep knocking on the door and you don't win, he might be itching to leave at that point. You but, think he goes Durant style? Yeah, probably. Goes and joins basically a super team. I mean, who hasn't? Curry? Like, how many how many big-time players haven't done that in, in today's NBA? Jokic? Jokic hasn't yet. That's true. No. 
He Can might... I just say one thing real quick? Yes. Jake in Boston, when you weren't here, Jones, yeah. was calling in and talking about Hunter Biden and Osama <laughs> bin Laden and like all these other things. He calls you and he just talks basketball the whole time while well, also throwing in that he's hanging out in the same spots that Jalen Brown it's is hanging out in Little Humble Brand. Jason Tatum is. It's a new easy Jason going. Tatum, I mean, Jason, yeah. Okay, I was like, right. did I miss something? He's waiting for a hot take on the Wagner PMC. It's a new easygoing kumbaya afternoon show is what it is. You know, We're I, just fellas. That, that's, that's what it is. I uh, swear, he's like, Jack Jones, that was a crime, but the real crime is Hunter Biden, <laughs> <laughs> Didn't take one. So, uh, so when it comes to oh, and you missed our call from Porzingis. Oh, did we get a Porzingis call? Yeah, we did. Oh, nice. He called in. He broke the news. It was an exclusive. You missed it. We got a one-on-one. It's yeah. not great. Well, you guys got a one-on-one. Okay. Sounded more like Borat called in. He, least, yeah. he just mentioned real quick the the defenseman they got. Is there anything to it that they've added three defensemen today? Like, is there any? And not that any of them are any good or any like, but they've added they've added all defensemen today, right? Yes. Isn't that what they've added? All these, all these kids in their trades, their their small trade, oh, and so then the two prospects maybe they got they, back for Taylor they Hall. Feel good at the center position. No, I just they I don't feel like they know what they have. Is there. there anything? Is there any? Is it just a coincidence, or is there something to the fact that they've added a bunch of defensemen today, even if it's organizational depth? I think it's just the salary dump. I think it's just money. Uh, maybe maybe it's an indication Orlov is gone, and this is a final indication that Orlov is going. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven, or maybe they're trading Brandon Carlo or something like that. I don't know. Why are they adding all these defensemen? I'd add that with all your uh, your non Hunter Biden thoughts here on Jones and Mego with Arcan. We have Meg's. Pl- what do we have coming up on Meg's planning? Actually, uh, be prepared to meet your new overlords. They're rising up from the ocean. Okay, that's next in Meg's planning. From the Rubenstein Law Studios, 1-800-BOS-LEGAL. This is WEEI, New England's sports original. Why don't you explain this to me like I am an eight-year-old? Do you need it broken down? It's so dumb. Why don't you explain this to me like I'm five? Well, lucky for you. I don't know how else to talk about it. Shut up, Meg. It's time for... Now I let you know! Meg Meg Megsplaining. Explaining is brought to you by Morgan and Morgan, America's largest injury firm. How much did you miss Meg Explaining, Jones? Oh, I missed Meg Explaining. I definitely missed it. When it comes to, uh, uh, well, keeping me informed on uh, uh, some local politics, when it comes on big national trends, when it comes to just uh, not having to deal with my in-laws over the last week, yeah, I would say I would or say I, I missed it. Yes, everyday niceties. Yes, nice, exactly. Ni- niceties. Yes, is that what they're called? Yeah, well, it's it's really like a uh, yeah. It's just how what how you should act in public when we sort of debate these things. Yes, I missed all of it. Yes, okay, etiquette, well, proper this etiquette. Is, this isn't about that, but this is about a trend that's happening elsewhere in the world. So I don't know if you guys have seen any of this on social media or in any articles. I saw this article in the Washington Post, and that's largely what I grabbed this from. Orcas, known by many of us as killer whales, have attacked about a dozen boats off the coast of Spain and Portugal just this year. Uh, They're chewing on the rudders of boats, crashing into the hulls of luxury yachts to the point that some of these boats have to be towed back to shore by like a little tugboat. Huh. So it's it's something that's happened over the last couple of years, but it's really bad right now. For whatever Just in reason, Spain and Portugal? In Spain and Portugal in this one area. There was huh. one orca who went rogue in France, off the coast of France. But other than that, it's just this area. So I want to tell you these two dominant theories. And I know Arkan was into this last week. So Arkan, I'm curious about your response to these. There's two dominant theories about why the killer whale uprising has started in that region. Okay. 
One is because killer whales have followed commercial fishing boats for a while now in that area, trying to snag some of their catch when they put the nets down and everything. And Portuguese researcher Alfredo Lopez Fernandez believes an orca whale may have had a traumatic entanglement with one of the boats. Something that really upset it and is going around and instructing all the other whales in the area to now... Attack these boats. Vengeance yeah, yeah, yeah. on the boats. Oh, I see. So not even like it's, hey, this is a new predator, this so, is a new threat. This is vengeance. An eye for an eye. There's an adult female whale, and her name is White Gladys. Okay. And <laughs> that's her. That's what the researchers <laughs> named her. She's named, okay. She's White Gladys. I don't know why we got to point that and out, they, but okay. they think sure. that White Gladys is some kind of whale matriarch, and th- something happened to her where not only is she going to the boats and trying to get revenge... But she's turning to all the younger whales around her, and she says, you don't want this happening to you. She's you sit- go get that. It's like a whale mafia. You go get that boat right it's there. It's an orca mafia. Yeah. And she's sicking on them. That's what I read, too, that it's like gang initiation. They're getting the young orcas to go out there and prove themselves by ramming a boat. Like, that's that's what's happening. I'm not okay. kidding. But did you hear the part about the revenge from White Gladys? I didn't hear about White Gladys. But that's a great name for, like, the boss of the orcas, White Gladys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, like, a big, she's big mama boss. Yeah. Um, I didn't hear about that, but I okay. did hear that it was gang initiation so th- related. Okay. This is, so I hadn't heard the gang initiation of the whales. Oh, I like, good theory. This is the second theory. Rosemary Scapiccio is like, this orca is not a thug and is not a gang member, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Portuguese researcher Alfredo Lopez Fernandez has another theory. Okay. And it's oh, this the same guy? Bit, yeah. Okay, so he's got two theories. He's got two theories he's of cover, what this he's might be. He's kind of covering all these bases. Well, they're okay. still trying to figure it out. Yep. It's happened a dozen times. Yeah. His other theory is that the whales attacking the boats are adolescent whales who are just messing around. And this might even be like teenage trends for the whales. They're basically doing a TikTok on yeah, the boats. Yeah, TikTok so, dancing like and stuff eating like this. Tide pods. Yeah, TikTok challenge. Yeah. Because the orcas are highly intelligent and within their little groups, they're super social. So this isn't the first time that something like this has happened. Apparently right now, this is a whale TikTok challenge to go and ram these boats. There was a 2004 that kinda, research. That kind of is like the gang initiation yeah. okay. theory. It's kind of so, similar. But listen to this. There is a 2004 research paper published in Biological Conservation that described how a female orca uh, in the Puget Sound, is that how you pronounce it? Puget Sound? Puget Sound off the coast of Washington State started wearing a dead salmon as a hat. She was adorable. Swimming nice. around with like a little dead salmon as a hat. Yep. And kind of showing all, it off. All the other orcas in the area started, started wearing the dead salmon no as kidding. hats. Huh. It spread to two other groups of orcas in the area. They were all swimming around with dead salmon on their head, dead fish on their head. Allegedly, the next summer. It's like the Coco Chanel of the a ocean. A couple of whales tried to do it again yep. and it didn't catch it on. Was, it was like. <laughs> That was so so last year. So 2000 and late. Yeah, right, exactly. That's exactly what they were saying. They were like, yeah, isn't that cool? You're living at the bottom of the ocean? seriously. Oh, wow, salmon hat. Awesome. Yeah, Yeah. I remember that trend last year. White Gladys would never. Yeah, seriously. So this is important to note. Even though they're ramming the boats for whatever reason, if it's revenge or if it's because this is the new salmon hat, unlike great white sharks, there is no recorded death of a human from an orca attack in yeah, our I, I got to be honest. I don't want to hear that. They're they're sinking boats. I don't want to hear killer whales. We've never seen them directly attack a person. Got it. There's never been a never recorded heard 
attack of an orca. Yeah, maybe it's happening in secret. Usually they just screw with other whales. Yeah, or they take out the sharks, right? I mean, so so what I was going to ask, we have orca here, right? I thought I read like last week there were orca filmed off of like the Cape. Like maybe it's like way out. Wait, what? I, I Dead serious. I swear to God, looking like the last two weeks, this was there, there was like a, a pod of orca that were just sighted. I thought yeah. like recently, uh, yeah, two weeks ago. Yeah, right. It was yeah, recent. caught on camera, like a cut, like a, 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 but a pod of them, Off right? The like three, like, town, like, like yeah. three or four mm-hmm. here. Why did I think that they were? Wait, are they usually here though? This is where this is where forty I'm miles a south scared. in Nantucket. And yeah. it's very rare. Maybe they followed, it's very rare. They're maybe, coming over here. Maybe they followed a yacht over from Spain or Portugal, but went the whole way across the Atlantic. They're making their move. Watch out, Nantucket. Or maybe they went through the Panama Canal on the way it's, over. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, how do they get there? Yeah. It's yacht season, 4th of July weekend. You got those yachts out on Nantucket. Watch out for the orcas. Yeah. You're about to be initiated. Hey, Belichick, careful. Careful out there, with the, <gasps> careful out there with the eight rings. Eight rings gets yeah. attacked by an orca? What does that mean? What does that mean for the football season? The orcas are like, you have six and everybody knows it. <laughs> Stop trying to pretend you have eight. Arcan, oh, they you chew were, the thing apart. You were into this, though. Uh, yes. So well, which I, I thought that's buy? what happened to the submarine. <laughs> I thought the orcas got them. But that ended well, up that not was your theory? Yeah. 12,000 feet down? Well, I didn't know where that actually happened. I don't yeah. know where they actually got... Uh, got because we didn't know at the time. I mean, it was all sort of breaking news. Once we found out, it got that far down. But I thought maybe on the way down... The orcas were like, let's go mess with this thing. I thought that may have been what happened there. They're up to something. Now they're coming over here. They're coming over to Cape Cod. Just wait. Okay, so you're you say- thought that they were Spain's problem. Yeah, now so you're, oh, problem. oh, look at these cute whale. These killer they, whale. Not they, very woke of us to call them killer whale. They're orca. And next thing you know, they're attacking boats. Mm-hmm. They are cute. For Maybe clout, here. For internet See, clout. This is SeaWorld's fault because <gasps> SeaWorld put Shamu yeah, out there like, oh, look how adorable Shamu oh. is. Now Shamu is a killer. Remember, remember yeah. the South Park episode with the whale yes. talking? Yes. That's Wozniak, one of my favorites. One of the best. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say remember Free Willy. I was like, do I remember Free oh, Willy? My goodness. do you remember Free Willy? Ryan, can we? <laughs> I mean, I know you said, Mego, you said this the other week. You're like, I don't, I don't like Michael Jackson's okay. music. You don't like this? This one's good. You don't like this? We we ran out on the field to this oh, to warm up in like college. Like a little baby oh, really? Yeah, isn't it weird? My it's team was super weird. weird. What did you do? <laughs> this was our like one of our warm-up songs in college. Huh. It was ironic. Before really? game. On game day. Sorry, I was mostly listening to MJ here. I mean, bad guy, but this is Okay, a, we've, we've is a got a lot of people. We got a lot of snitches. We got a snitch on line two about orcas trying to kill people. We might need to get back to that. No, I think for sure we need to get back to this. 617-779-7937. Weigh in on the orca sightings. What what are they up to? You know what my favorite part of this movie was? Well, what are these orca up to? When, when, he, he, jumped, like when he jumped over the... When, when they freed Willie. <laughs> when he jumped over and he was free and they freed Willie. That was the best part of the movie, I think. It really did all build to that. They kind of gave away the ending in the title right there. Yeah. Really, a spoiler alert. Wasn't Captive Willie. Yeah. It's not Dead Willie. Right. Free Willie. <laughs> Did Willie ever wear a salmon hat? Would've, Come on. It would have been that way... ended up on the uh, He joined White Gladys' gang like immediately after he got <laughs> Isn't free. that the cutest story you've ever heard? <laughs> would have been way ahead. Oh, yeah. The a bunch of dead, hat. gross salmon just leaking all over the ocean on these orcas' heads. Yeah, it's really cute. <laughs> I love the next summer. A bunch of whales show up with the hats, and the other whales are like, bro. <laughs> Stop trying to make dead salmon hat happen. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, all right. Well, that's what the orcas are up to here in Meg's planning.
each and every day at this time on Jones and Mego with Arcan. We'll get to your feedback and we'll get back to, uh, well, what the Bruins are up to. Training Taylor Hall. We'll do that next. Original.